1: to the legend behind Labamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Whoa, he has trouble with the snap! And the ball is free! Here goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going it all the way
1: back! This is Beeson's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in. Week one is upon us, and it is the VCN College Football Betting Podcast. As you heard from the open, a little housekeeping if you wouldn't mind telling a friend. Subscribe, rate, review. It does certainly help us out. We had some uh, early news. We were working our way up, I think, like 123 in the sports podcast sphere. Maybe we could crack the top 100 now that Matt Newman's is... Uh, Is in the house. Uh, We will have a Sunday podcast for you. That Sunday line reveal show that'll be hosted from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time by Jonathan Von Tobel. That'll be part of this feed as well. But every Thursday, myself and the one and only Matt Newmans at Matt Newmans 247 on Twitter will break down the college football card in depth. But not go too crazy because, you know, Matt Matt wants to get some lunch. But, Matt, before we jump into the card, I'm just curious. You've been betting college football for a long, long time. These numbers for week one have been up for months. What is normally your method
0: to your madness betting week one of college football? Uh, you know, you, you never want to go too crazy and bet too many games. Well, I'm somebody who likes to uh, watch and analyze teams. I, I like to see – you can – can gather only so much information, Tim, so much intel by reading and um, researching. I like to see the, these teams on the field. Okay, so 15 minutes after watching the Hawaii football team Saturday night, I realized what a disaster that team's <laughs> going to be because you could see how undersized the defensive line was. Those are the type of things that even guys who were practice were not telling me. Uh, everybody on the defense was a terrible tackler. The defense defensive line was stunningly small. Uh, so I think things you can see with your own eyes help you a lot as a handicapper. You just don't read the box scores and uh, crank out the numbers and come up with plays. It's a combination of things when handicapping. So I don't go crazy. I like to evaluate, like to watch as many games as possible in the first two weeks. But I do have uh, a fair number of plays. I mean, I've got, I think, uh, 10 win total bets in college football. Uh, I've got a couple other futures. And uh, last week, I think I bet five games in college football. This week I'll probably have uh, maybe anywhere between 5 to 10 bets by the time these games kick off on Saturday. But I think it's really important to you know, take your best educated guesses on teams that you feel really confident in. And if you're not that confident, there's nothing wrong with sitting back and waiting and live betting a game or just sitting out. You don't have to bet just because the game's on TV. And I think a lot of people make that mistake early in the season because we're all excited about football. And you want to have a bet on uh, most of these games. And uh, you— the one thing you don't want to do is start out the season in a hole. So be careful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that is is good advice. Uh, Great call by you last week on this podcast, taking the points with the Purple Cats. Outright winner uh, against Nebraska. Uh, Maybe you want to fade the Cornhuskers again. They're facing North Dakota, but not where we want to start. We'll start with the big-time matchups. We'll try to go in order. Uh, Maybe not of importance, but uh, maybe intrigue. And we'll start with the top-five matchup in Columbus. Near and dear to my heart, and I'm terrified. Notre Dame, number five in the AP and coaches poll against number two Ohio State. Rotation 171-172, Matt. Uh, Looks like the hooks are mostly gone at time of recording. It's down to 17, but still Ohio State a hefty favorite with a total of 59 the floor is yours on this one. I've talked about Ohio State quite a bit. Uh, they're, in my opinion, 1B to Alabama's 1A. I would give Alabama the slight edge, but uh, this could be a tricky, tricky, tricky matchup for the Irish, not only just because of talent alone, but Notre Dame dealing with injuries, mm-hmm. first-time starting quarterback, a new head coach, a lot of pieces there for the Irish, and they're on the road. Uh, how do you
0: see this game? I grabbed 17 and a half with uh, your team, the Fighting Irish. And, uh, though, you know, if you didn't get the 17 and a half, I think the hook's going to come back. There's yeah. going to be uh, plenty of uh, Buckeyes action before game time. So uh, just be patient with that. I was kind of waiting for 18, Tim, and it didn't look like that was going to show up. So I went ahead and took 17 and a half a few nights ago. Uh, Buckeyes are the consensus number two team in college football. I think it's tough to envision this new look Notre Dame team is even a contender for the playoffs. I don't see it. It might get ugly early in this game. The first trip to the Horseshoe for the Fighting Irish since 1995, right? Yep. Uh, Lou Holtz on the other sideline there. That's right. And uh, that was, I believe, seven years after Notre Dame won its last national game. That is also
1: correct. Thank you for
0: bringing that up. The Buckeyes, they really had a rolling late last season. They scored a total of 115 points in uh, late-season home games against Michigan State and Purdue, and those were not bad teams. Those were teams that went on to win bowl games. So I, I can see where the respect... Uh, for the Ohio State offense is coming from on a national basis. C.J. Stroud's a Heisman Trophy favorite. Travion Henderson, a running back. Jackson Smith and Jigba at uh, wide receiver. I don't think I pronounced that correctly. No, that's right. And um, Ohio State's offense has the potential to be explosive. But when I look at Notre Dame here, I think that um, you got an Irish team that's really strong in the offensive and defensive lines especially on the defensive line. And typically when a team gets blown out, it's because they get overpowered at the line of scrimmage. And that's not shouldn't happen here with Notre Dame. It's not like uh, Ohio State. I think Ohio State's much better on both lines than it was last season. If you watch that Michigan game, it was kind of embarrassing the way the Buckeyes got pushed around in Ann Arbor. I'm not that concerned about Tyler Buckner, the sophomore quarterback. He's inexperienced, but he's played in a few big games. The problem is he doesn't have many playmakers around him. I know this is something you can talk about. You do have Michael Mayer at tight end, but you don't have the typical big-time receivers that Notre Dame's had in the past uh, five or ten years. You just don't see it right now. Uh, I think what you're going to have to do here from a Notre Dame perspective to stay in the game is to limit the big plays Ohio State has offensively, make them grind it out a little bit because they're going to get impatient if they can't get the big plays. You saw it happen early last season. Um, I think Notre Dame's strong enough. you got eight starters back on defense. Isaiah Foskey's a stud up front. First-round pick. Yep. I think uh, I think the Irish can hang in this game with some luck. If you get a couple bounces to go their way, I think this could be a one-score type of game in the fourth quarter. The Buckeyes are not unbeatable at home. They were 14-and-a-half-point favorites against Oregon last year about this same time. I debated all week that week, should I take the points with the Ducks? and we were all concerned because Kayvon Thibodeau didn't looked like play. he was not going to play, and he didn't play. I still took the points with the Ducks, and they won the game 35-28. I'm not saying the Irish are going to win this game, but 17.5 is a big number here, and I think Marcus Freeman can find a way to uh, scheme his defense to just to keep this game competitive.
1: Well, remember this. Uh, during a press conference earlier in the week, Matt, he was uh, alerted of the point spread mm-hmm. and wrote it down. So, you know, come late in this game, a la the college football playoff a couple years ago when both you and I grabbed the 17-and-a-half with Notre Dame against Alabama. Still sweating. From got, a little, uh, huh? got a little lucky there. A little lucky <laughs> to get that, uh, get that cover. Um, you know, a couple key parts on Notre Dame before we jump to the next game. Brandon Joseph, the transfer from Northwestern, from all accounts, has looked phenomenal. Uh, they're trying to fill the void of Kyle Hamilton. Remember this, Matt. Kyle Hamilton missed the last six games of the season last year. So yeah. this is a defense that had to live without the first-round first pick and Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Cam Hart, uh, Hart, their cornerback, their top corner— Has been hampered with a hamstring. Never like to hear that, especially going up against an offense like this. Notre Dame, I think, will be without Jared Patterson. Uh, Hasn't been full go in practice. He's an All-American offensive lineman, so that certainly has to worry you. Uh, Logan Diggs, another guy that was banged up, had off-season surgery. He's expected to go. We will see. But I think the biggest thing for the Irish... They don't have the playmakers, as you pointed out. They're going to have to rely heavily on Michael Mayer. I believe Tommy Reese is a unique offensive mind. He's very well respected by uh, folks in the industry. So we'll see if they can keep it close. Ohio State wins this game, uh, a pass for me. But uh, we'll see if uh, they can keep this thing close. Uh, Marcus Freeman did say some things this offseason. I didn't think that were that big of a deal, but... Um, I think Ohio
0: State people took uh, took offense to it, so we'll yeah, see. I don't know why. Marcus Freeman's a former Ohio State player. It's not like he's disrespecting no. the program. Come on. All right, so with home field building, I made this number 12 and a half. Uh, I'd be happy if uh, the Buckeyes win the game 34-20 or something like that, but I, I, I do think the Irish defense is good enough to keep them in the game. And
1: I think if you play to win total, if Notre Dame keeps this game close like they did a couple of years down at Georgia, it's a good sign for yeah. the Irish moving yeah. forward. We will... Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see another top 15 matchup, Matt, and another 17 point spread would be the Oregon Ducks traveling across country for a neutral site game against the Georgia Bulldogs. This game will be in Atlanta, uh, rotation 209 to 10, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Uh, some 17 and a halfs out there at time of recording, mostly 17. A total of 53. The interesting wrinkle in this one, Matt is that Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning is now the head coach of the Oregon Ducks. Bo Nix, who started his career with a a miracle win uh, for Auburn over the Oregon Ducks, is now a Duck playing Mm. against the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia lost 15 players to the NFL, Matt. Has Kirby Smart built up this program enough where they don't skip a beat, losing countless players
0: to the NFL? I think they're going to skip a beat. Uh, Tim, uh, first of all, you lose your edge when you win a championship. And when you have to replace that type of talent, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia has some type of championship hangover, but the Bulldogs are at the point where they can just reload. And, uh, I see, I don't think Michigan's at that point where t- look at the Wolverines mm-hmm. early in the season, they lost seven defensive starters to the NFL. I don't think Michigan's at the point where they can reload like Georgia can on defense and the Bulldogs can lose that type of talent and be okay. I looked at these two big dogs on the card. Oregon, Notre Dame, both getting to 17 and a half, and I felt like Notre Dame has a better chance to cover. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to play this game because I don't trust Bo Nix. You know, I'd like to play the dog here, but I can't do it. If you look at Bo Nix's numbers, away from home against good SEC defenses, it's pretty ugly. When he gets into the Pac-12, he might actually look pretty good. The Pac-12 and the SEC are on totally different levels when you're talking about defenses. Bo Nix has a chance to Really look good against some of the D's in the Pac-12. But against Georgia, I don't want to bet on him here. And uh, I'm not sure if Georgia's going to... I'm not even sure if Georgia's on the level with Alabama and Ohio State right now. But I don't trust Bo Nix enough to uh, bet the Ducks here.
1: Will Muschamp, the return of Will Muschamp, now the uh, co-defensive coordinator of the Georgia Bulldogs. As mentioned, mm-hmm. 15 players drafted last year. Trayvon Walker goes one. Lewis Seen, first round. Jordan Davis, first round. Devontae Wyatt, first round. Quay Walker, first round. Channing Tyndall, third round. Nicobe Dean, third round. George Pickens, uh, second round. James Cook, he goes in the second round. But they, they have, if you look at the recruiting rankings, one, two, one, four the last four years. Yeah. Uh, Ringo, the cornerback, he'll be a first-round pick. Jalen Carter will be a first-round pick. Uh, Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh, the two running backs, I think will be fine. Uh, and you look at the tight end room, Matt. Uh, look, I am a uh, a Michael May- Mayer-Homer as the best tight end in the country, but there's no denying that the best tight end room is at Georgia. Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, Darnell Washington, they got playmakers. Stetson Bennett, you know, he is what he is. He's not a first-round pick by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but he's won a lot of big football games. Uh, yeah, so we will see. But a big old number for the two biggest games Of the weekend. A little smaller of a number and a very intriguing one in my eyes. Down in Fayetteville, Wu Pig Sui, Ken Sam Pittman, who was a covering machine last year, especially as a dog, certainly loved that spot against Texas, was phenomenal. Now they're in the role of the favorite. They're taking on Cincinnati. Cincinnati, obviously, Matt, lost a whole bunch of talent to the NFL, including uh, a top five pick in Sauce Gardner uh, going to the New York Jets. But Cincinnati, I don't think they're going to completely fall off the face of the earth. Ranked 23rd in the country, but they are getting six and a half here. A total of 52. There are some sevens, if you like the dog, at time of recording. Uh, Anything you like in this game, how do you see this one playing out? A 3.30 Eastern kick in Fayetteville.
0: All right, so you asked me how to approach week one. And uh, I said I like to watch and evaluate teams. That's what I'm going to do with Cincinnati here because... I really don't know how this offense is going to look without Desmond Ritter. I don't have high hopes. Uh, But I do think Cincinnati's going to be good enough. Luke Fickle is uh, going to put a defense on the field that's going to be solid. You can bank on that. It's ironic, too, that Luke Fickle's not the Notre Dame coach. Because (laughs) if Cincinnati did not beat Notre Dame last year and make the playoffs, Luke Fickle is probably the fighting Irish coach. I think that is the most
1: interesting little wrinkle
0: uh, out there is if
1: Cincinnati loses to Notre Dame. I'm pretty convinced Luke Fickle's the head coach of Notre Dame. Right. Uh, But, of course, Cincinnati did. They had to make a hire, and they hired Marcus Freeman, their defense coordinator.
0: Uh, I liked this Arkansas team a lot last year. I think Sam Pittman's doing things the right way. He's a former offensive line coach. And uh, I played Arkansas early last year as a dog against Texas, and that was Mm -hmm. an easy win. That was a blowout win for the Hogs. I think this uh, Arkansas team's right in that mix to be the third-best team in the SEC uh, who else is in that mix? I would say uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Arkansas, maybe Kentucky. Uh, it's possible. Uh, Florida, has a long shot, LSU. But there, there are some. Uh, obviously, it's a deep conference. There's no weak teams. But I think Sam Pittman's got this uh, Razorbacks team rolling. They went nine and four last year. They were good against the number two at eight three and one. Uh, this is a pass for me. I'm not going to drag this one out because I want to see Cincinnati a little bit more and evaluate what Luke Fickle's got on offense.
1: Yeah, a pass for me as well. Um, but I look at Cincinnati, or excuse me, Arkansas, Matt, and they do intrigue me. I like both their coordinators, Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom, both really good at what they do. There's continuity with both of them with Sam Pittman entering year three. And K.J. Jefferson is a really unique talent at quarterback. So a pass for me. Uh, you know, I want to believe that Cincinnati won't have a big drop off because I think Luke Fickle is that sure. good of a coach. Uh, but when you at Cincinnati lose that many players to the NFL, you're not at the level yet of recruiting uh, where you can bring in you know big time uh, classes. All right, final big time matchup of this weekend. Uh, I think of the four, the most intriguing and I would say most important for the folks out in the West, and that would be number seven Utah going on the road to the Swamp to take on Florida. This is a 7 o'clock Eastern kickoff uh, down in the Swamp. You know it's going to be humid as all get out. It's the debut of Billy Napier coming over from UL Lafayette where he had tremendous success. Obviously, he's got a background in the SEC. Um, Anthony Richardson's a guy that a lot of people like, but how much have we seen of him, Matt? And then we've got Utah. All the hype in the world. Everyone says they're going to win the Pac-12. They could go into the college football playoff. This line has moved all the way up to three in favor of the road team. Is the steam starting to get a little too much on the Utah Utes heading into Saturday night?
0: Well, I've been as big a proponent as Utah as anyone here in the offseason. I bet Utah over its win total. Utah to win the Pac-12. I bet Cameron Rising, the quarterback, to win the Heisman. I got one of those. 100 to 1. I got 80. Uh, So I believe in Utah. I do not believe enough to lay the three points on the road here in the swamp because, first of all, Um, it's going to be a big setback for a couple of those bets if uh, Utah does lose this game. (laughs) So you already have a little bit invested. I don't like to play road favorites, Uh, especially don't like this situation for one reason that you mentioned that I think uh, some people might not have caught there. It's going to be humid in the Mm -hmm. swamp. All right, so you're talking about a Utah team that's used to practicing very dry, hot conditions out here where we don't have much humidity. It's totally different. When you get into a situation like the swamp, where the humidity is like 85%, 90%, uh, that can zap you. So watch for that in the second half. I'm worried about Utah tiring out, getting exhausted in the second half because of the heat and humidity. I love the team. I think if this were on a neutral field in a different setting, I'd be on the Utes, but I'm not going to play it here at the swamp because I'm concerned about that too. And Richardson's a dynamic quarterback. He can make plays. Last year, Utah, after Kyle Whittingham made the switch and put a rising in at quarterback, Utah averaged 38 points per game on offense. Tavion Thomas might be the best running back in the Pac-12. Whittingham's always been my favorite coach in the Pac-12, at least for the last uh, five years or so. And um, I still have high hopes for this team, even if the Utes come up short here in Gainesville. But I have a rooting interest in Utah in this game. I don't need to... uh, I guess, compound that by, by laying the points here in a spot where I don't think it's I I don't think you're getting much of an edge with Utah. Well,
1: and I think that's a good
0: I don't like road favorites anyway. Yeah,
1: And I think that's a good point too. When you think about whatever your win totals might be that you have in pocket, like I'm under three and a half on Colorado. You Mm -hmm. are too. I'm not going to play Colorado TCU on Friday night. It's a big number. It's on the road. I just need Colorado to lose. Right. So there are times Mm -hmm. we don't need to get too crazy. So, you know, I, I know I haven't said if I have a play. I don't have a play on any of these big time games. You know, I'm, my card's pretty light. There are a couple games that I like. We'll get to uh, down the road. But you know, I was high on Utah. Maybe not as high as you, but I thought you know, with Cam rising, and I love the fact that they have USC at home. Uh, they do have to go to Oregon late in the season. Uh, do the Utes, but uh, I think they've got an opportunity. But this would be really detrimental, in my opinion, to uh, to the Pac-12, who a uh, league that hasn't been to the. College football playoffs since Washington made there in what 2017
0: is that yeah, right? That's correct. And Washington did not uh, make Farewell. a great showing. Well, no one, no there. one
1: tends to do that. Uh, Matt, you a spicy food fan?
0: I love spicy food. Man. All right, let's get to some
1: spicy matchups. All okay. right, a little bit, a little bit down. We have to go two, uh, two in the weeds on this, but some games that caught my eye on Saturday noon Eastern. A team that also has got a ton of hype, Matt. That would be the NC State. Wolfpack, and mm-hmm. for some reason, they are going to Greenville, North Carolina, to take on the East Carolina Pirates. Uh, everyone's just assuming that the Wolfpack are going to get out of bed and stomp East Carolina. I wouldn't be so sure. This is a rivalry game. This is a game that East Carolina absolutely has got their eye on. Uh, Holt nailers is back for ECU. I, I do like Mike Houston as a head coach. I got to see it from my eyes here with NC State. I I like the dog a little bit here in this spot. You can find a 12 out there with East Carolina. I wouldn't go nuts. Uh, NC State does have a really good linebacking core, arguably the best linebacking core uh, in the country. Preseason number 13, Devin Leary's got Heisman hopes, uh, but they lost their top two running backs, their top uh, pass catcher for NC State. Obviously, Iki Aquanu is now a Carolina Panther. uh, What was he sixth overall pick? So... I would just say buyer beware on the Wolfpack here. I think East Carolina could show some liveliness,
0: uh, especially early in Greenville. Well, I think it's always tricky to play these road favorites early in the season. Uh, Devin Leary is a quarterback that's uh, underrated by a lot of uh, people probably because they haven't seen him much. NC State just didn't play a lot of high-profile games last year. Yeah, the Wolfpack beat Clemson early in the season, but Leary had 35 TD passes on five picks, Tim. I thought NC State was going to uh, put one on UCLA in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, and I had that bet in my pocket, and I went down there for the game, and it got canceled hours before kickoff. Well,
1: apparently they're still pissed off about
0: it, Matt, as you are. I am. Uh, The COVID situation (laughs) with UCLA was not handled well. This NC State team is on the rise. I think this is a fringe top-10 team, and uh, 10 starters back on defense and one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I like this team a lot, but it's not like East Carolina – is uh, a joke. The Pirates are not a pushover. They went 7-5 last year, and they've got 15 starters back. And I'm just not a proponent of laying points on the road, especially early in the season like this. So I'm, I'm passing on it's NC a, State here. It's
1: a battle of teams who had their bowl games canceled because their yeah. opponents got COVID. Uh, they were supposed to play Boston College in the Military Bowl. 15 starters back for ECU. Uh, that's a team I'm keeping my eye on. Intrigued. Uh, I'll put a little star by it uh, for East Carolina. Another game in the state of North Carolina. You know, it's a
0: shame, too, that the, the people, football fans of America, were robbed of that Boston College-East Carolina matchup. <laughs> in beautiful Annapolis, Maryland, yeah, though, That was going to be a classic. where I used yeah. to live.
1: Um, all right, another spicy matchup. North Carolina at Appalachian State. We saw some movement in favor of the boys from Boone. This one will be... At App State, App State did not play last week, while North Carolina, I thought, put together a very lackluster performance against a shorthanded FCS team in Florida A&M. This is a bet that I've made. Maybe it's a bit square. I took the home team in this one. I got them on the money line earlier this week at Even Money. Uh, You can find that. Uh, There's some picks out there. There's some plus ones. Uh, I know people have looked at the total as a possibility in this one because UNC is allergic to playing defense, but has some playmakers on offense App State brings back Chase Bryce for what feels like his 17th stint as a quarterback in, uh, in college football. They've got a solid offensive line, two running backs that combined for over 2,000 yards last year. Uh, I like the boys from Boone, a noon start time. This thing will be rocking down there in Appalachian State. Uh, I will take App State, uh, a team, you know, it's, it's a misconception that if you get a game under your belt, that's a good thing. Now, App State has had a little bit of tape on this UNC team. Uh, I'll take Appalachian State in this team as a short home dog.
0: Yeah, the misconception is, and I think Ralph Michaels, Wes Reynolds might have tweeted this out as well. In the past 15 years or so, teams that have played a game are 50. I'll say uh, it's like 44% cover rate in the second week or something like that. Teams have played a game against teams that are playing its season opener. The team playing at season opener is 56% against the spread. I think something like that, right? So, playing one game is not a big advantage. I think things are starting to go sideways here on Mac Brown at North Carolina. I don't want to overreact to what happened last week against uh, Florida a and I think that might have been a case of the Tar Heels being a little flat, maybe taking that game for granted. And, uh, they did pile on some points late in the game to make the score look a little bit more respectable. I lean App State in the over, but for the record, I did not play this. Yeah,
1: I would look at the over as well, but I am in on App State. I'll we'll rifle through these. I'll, I'll say the next three, and you can get a couple thoughts if if you uh, have any uh, opinion one way or the other. Houston's a team, Matt, top 25 preseason in the AP poll. Favorites to win the American Athletic Conference But the Cougars have a tricky one Uh, at the Alamo Dome against UTSA. This line has moved in favor of the Mm Roadrunners, plus four, a total of 64-and-a-half. Sunday night, another little spicy matchup. Florida State and LSU in the Superdome. Uh, I know this is one that intrigues you. LSU lay in three. And then late night on Saturday, our friend and colleague Stormy Bonatoni, she will be on the sidelines for this one as Oregon State plays host to Boise State as this line has come down to Oregon State minus two and a half. Matt, of those three, what jumps out to you?
0: Okay, two of those three jump out to me. I'm going to pass on the Houston-Texas-San Antonio game, even though I think that Roadrunners team is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Houston, interesting schedule to start the season, right? The Cougars go to San Antonio and Texas Tech. They go to Lubbock uh, next week. And I think UTSA's next game, or maybe two Army. games down the Okay. After that, it's at Texas, right? Yeah. Okay. So two games down the road is at Texas. UTSA has been a a program on the rise. I'm going to go. I got a couple best bets here. I'm going to go with. uh, I took Boise plus three against uh, Oregon State, and that number was four and a half, so I didn't get the best number. It's actually down to two and a half a lot of spots now, Tim. But what I like about the Broncos, they got 17 starters back, nine on defense, probably the best defensive line in the Mountain West. Late last season, I thought the Broncos really started to show a lot of improvement. The game that impressed me the most, they went to Fresno and blew out the Bulldogs 40-14 to 14 as five-point underdogs. That's a good Fresno State team, really good Fresno State team. So I think Andy Avalos got things rolling a little bit late last season. Hank Bachmeyer back at quarterback. God, he's been there forever. It seems like it, uh, but that, that seems to be the case with a lot of these yeah. college players now with the extra year <laughs> or two of eligibility. Uh, also, Boise, I'll note – Broncos are not out of their league at all playing Pac-12 opponents. They're 10-4 straight up in the last 14 against the Pac-12. I looked at Oregon State. I love the defense. I think Jonathan Smith has done one of the best coaching jobs in the country uh, to get this uh, Oregon State program lifted up out of the sewer.
1: Quick, quick thought mm-hmm. on they got blown out by Utah State in their bowl game. Yeah. And I usually don't lean too much on bowl games, but it's not like Oregon State is a regular in bowl games. I was surprised that they got smoked so badly in that bowl game. You know, and once again, it was in LA, you know, SoFi Stadium, ABC. I, I was surprised at their performance against Utah State. Uh, I was
0: too. Year. I actually bet Utah State in that game, and I was stunned to win it so easily. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> but. Uh, the Beavers are going to miss B.J. Baylor, their top running back. He had 1,337 yards last year. Ch- Chance Nolan is, a, I would say, a better-than-average quarterback, but he's not a dynamic playmaker by any stretch. He had 19 TDs, 10 picks last year. So I look at these historically terrible teams like Oregon State, and when they're put in a favorites role, how do they respond? Since uh, all right, 2019, Oregon State was an underdog in every game versus FBS competition. In 2020 and 2021 combined, Oregon State was favored between one and a half and four points five times in Pac-12 play. So finally shifting to the favorites role a little bit. In those five games, the Beavers went one and four straight up, and the only win was by three points. I think Boise is uh, plenty comfortable here playing on the road against a a Pac-12 team that's missing its uh, best offensive player from last year. Dominant defensive line. I took three with the Broncos. Think they have a great shot to win the game. As far as the LSU, uh, Florida State game, not a true home game. I was talking to a friend of ours who's a pretty sharp bettor, and last night he's like, "Yep, yeah, gotta love the the Tigers at night in Baton Rouge." And I said, "Dude." This game is not in Death Valley. Superdome. It's in the Superdome, okay? Look at the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I laid two and a half with LSU in this game. I'd still recommend laying three. That's okay. The one thing about Brian Kelly you and I have talked about, you might not like the guy, but he's a great quarterback coach. He's just a great coach. Think about the difference. It's going to be night and day in that program. Within the program, the disciplinary a- aspect, when you're talking about Ed Orgeron and Bring your Blue shirts. Yeah. And I like Edward Orgeron. He seems but, like a great guy. But, but, <laughs> but Brian Kelly is more of like a Marine drill sergeant. He's not going to put up with any nonsense. So he brings Jaden Daniels over from Arizona State. And Daniels was a dynamic quarterback as a freshman for the Sun Devils. He took big steps back, I thought, the last two years for two reasons. One, I, I don't have a lot of respect for that coaching staff at Arizona State, at least the offensive coaching mm-hmm. staff. And also, I thought Daniels kind of developed that too-cool-for-school attitude where he just... It um, wasn't bringing the intensity and didn't seem focused. So at LSU, now you've got three uh, running backs who are former top 10 recruits. you got Kayshawn Boutte, who's one of the top wide receivers in the country. You and I have talked about this. Brian Kelly in his last 41 games as a betting favorite at Notre Dame was 40-1. and one. He doesn't lose games he's supposed to win. I watched a little bit of Duquesne, Florida State last week. You can't take too much away from games like that. But the Florida State defense failed to for, force a turnover against a pretty weak uh, Duquesne offense in that game. Florida State's off four consecutive losing seasons. I think the the Tigers, who have won nine straight in the Superdome, find a way to get the win here in Brian Kelly's debut. I don't think it's going to be easy. Like I said, I laid two and a half. I would still say laying three is okay. Uh, LSU finds a way to win this game by seven. I'll say. All right, that is uh, seven thirty on Sunday night. Florida State last year played on.
1: Sunday night against Brian Kelly. And it needed overtime, a game I think you had the points with the Knowles down the at Doe I points for Florida
0: State in that game, and uh, Notre was Dame was up big 38, in the 20 quarter.
1: 38-20 going into the fourth yeah. quarter and yeah. had Literally. to do it in overtime. All right, quick hitters. We'll call this big boys with big spreads. We've got Alabama, 7-30 on Saturday, 41-and-a-half point favorites against the mighty Aggies of Utah State. Our friend uh, Wes Reynolds wrote this up, took the 42 Uh, with the Aggies best of luck there West number six Texas A&M taking on Sam Houston State Uh, no line as of recording with an FCS versus FBS game number eight Michigan taking on Colorado State 30 and a half point favorite Matt a noon kickoff at the big house by the way have you seen Michigan's uh, non-conference schedule boy daunting you've got uh, Colorado State Hawaii, Hawaii and UConn so you know godspeed to jim harbaugh and company it's not
0: quite as bad as ucla's non-conference schedule but it's pretty weak yeah
1: oklahoma gets utep they're laying 30 in that spot so we'll stop right there uh four games all big spreads you don't like laying massive numbers um but anything jump out at you in any of these games any dogs intrigue you of those four uh that i mentioned of top 10 teams
0: uh, which were the games again? You're talking Oklahoma, about Oklahoma UTEP is okay. uh, laying thirty. All right. So of those games, I think Oklahoma is probably going to roll. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't lay the points here. I don't. I don't like playing big favorites like this. But if you go back, if you look at trends, UTEP is one seven and one against the spread as a dog of uh, twenty seven points or more. So going back nine games, Miners don't cover these big numbers. Now the program is better mm-hmm. than it was in uh, most of those games. And if you look at the Oklahoma side. You'd say, well, the Sooners got off to a slow start last year. They were 31-point favorites at home against Tulane and had to win by five. But I think Brent Venables in his first game is going to be jacked up for this one. The team's going to be fired up. Uh, you got a new quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. He's got his offensive coordinator with him. Uh, It's kind of the curtain raising on a new era in Norman where everybody's ticked off at Lincoln Riley for taking the money and running uh, to USC. I would lean Oklahoma in a blowout, but again, I did not play that. I don't know what to expect from Michigan.
1: This is the Cade McNamara performance, right? right? Next week is the J.J. McCarthy, because that seems normal.
0: Jim Harbaugh experiments with his quarterbacks a little bit too much. you got to find a guy, make a decision, and stick with him, and I think uh, McNamara might be feeling a little bit of pressure to really produce this week. It's like an audition. I think he's a favorite to win the job anyway, which is why he's starting the first game, Uh, but No, I think of those games, I would probably lean with the Oklahoma winning in a blowout.
1: And UTEP, as we mentioned the trend a little bit before, they're a team that did play last week, and they were unimpressive. Lost to North Texas, shut out in the second half at home, uh, lost that game by 18. All right, more big boys with big spreads. Number 14, USC, laying 32-and-a-half in the Lincoln-Riley era against Rice. This game could be interesting. Kentucky, number 20. Taking on the MAC favorite, Miami of Ohio, or one of the MAC favorites. They're laying 16. There's actually been market movement towards the Redhawks in this spot. Also remember, suspensions for Kentucky. Rodriguez, their running back, is not expected to play. Uh, I believe he's actually been ruled out for that one. And they play Florida next week. So the rare week one maybe look ahead a little bit there for Kentucky. Taking on Miami of Ohio, Redhawks team. That's interesting Uh, that I think could... uh, Could do a little bit of damage there. Uh, A couple other big boys with big spreads on Saturday, Matt. Ole Miss, a team that you really like, number 21 in the country. Uh, Busy, busy, busy for Lane Kiffin in the transfer portal. 21.5-point favorites against the Troy Trojans. And then Sark and company uh, with Alabama waiting in the wings, laying 37.5 against UL Monroe. So some Mm. big boys laying big numbers there on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I typically don't get involved in these games unless I, I like the dog, and uh, I don't like the dog that much in any of these games. Even though I did talk to a a guy who's been hanging out at Texas practices and observing, he says it's not looking good. He says <laughs> uh, he, he said the, the offensive line doesn't look good. And they had Texas offenses out, out of sync. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but I would think that does not bode well for uh, the game against Alabama the following week. No. Yeah. Um, I do like Ole Miss a lot. Uh, one of my favorite win total plays is Ole Miss over 7.5. I could actually see this team getting out to a 7-0 and oh start before the schedule gets a lot more difficult. But did not get involved with this game. That's playing a big number against Memphis. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Troy. Against Troy. Yeah, Mississippi State's playing Memphis this week. That's a big uh, number. Revenge game from last year, losing to Memphis. Hey, I'm not sure. Did you mention the Rice-USC game? I did.
1: 32 and a half right now the Trojans are laying against Rice. That could be a spot. Does Lincoln Riley want to come out, flex, okay, show sure. all his bells and whistles against a – I mean, Rice has just been irrelevant for however long. No offense to Al fans listening in. You know? <laughs> we're, we're big believers in the <laughs> academic prestige
0: of Rice. You know, and this number is actually down from 35. So there are a few betters taking bites with the owls on this one. I, I don't think I would. And USC is going to be a team when you go forward. Look at the over in most of the games because I don't. We don't know how good the defense is. Defense was dismal at the end of uh, last season. UCLA dropped a sixty-two point bomb on the Trojans. Uh, I think you're going to see USC score fifty plus in games like this, Tim. And uh, I would probably look over the total. And most of them, USC is going to get into a lot of shootouts. And I kind of agree with what you said. I think Lincoln Riley, Brent Venables, guys like this who are new coaches, are looking to win these first games in a pretty impressive style. So uh, I would lean USC, if anything.
1: Yeah, and then final one, uh, not a play that I would make, but if any of these games, I would uh, maybe take a look at the dog. The one dog that intrigues me, but the market has moved in their favor. Miami, Chuck Martin back. Nine starters back on offense. Uh, they lost a lot of production, though, the Redhawks did on defense. I, I'm a big Mark Stoops fan, but I feel like the, the buzz on this big blue nation this offseason has gotten a little uh, out of control. Final one, Matt, big boy and a big spread go to Monday night. Uh, I think this might be a spot where Clemson wants to open up a can uh, on Georgia Tech. Mercedes-Benz Dome, it'll probably be 70% Tiger fans in there. Mm-hmm. Clemson coming off of, for their standards, a very mediocre Ten and three year opened up last season scoring a whopping three points against Georgia uh, against Georgia Tech last year. Remember, they only won 14 to eight, Matt, a team that Georgia Tech got outscored 100 to nothing in their final two games of the season. They got decimated in the transfer portal. Their best player, Georgia Tech, said is uh, left to go to Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I, I know you and I think similarly, uh, but I think looking to lay it with Clemson Island game. I think Dabo might want to quiet some naysayers and, and make a statement on Monday night.
0: You also have to find a way to get DJ Uyunglele. Is that oh, Confidence. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you taught me how to pronounce that name. <laughs> My proudest moment. You're trying to get uh, DJ some Uyunglele. Com- okay, trying to get him some confidence because uh, he's obviously lacking it. He had that big debut against Notre Dame, and since then he just uh, has not been uh, the quarterback that everyone thought he was going to be. I mean, at that point, he looked like he was going to be a first-round pick.
1: There were 400 yards on yeah. the road. I, I mean, I know it was a COVID season, but Notre Dame had 11,000, 14,000 people in there. It was pretty lively for a COVID yeah. game, uh, for a COVID season game, I should say. And he looked great. And uh, he, I, he stunned me how bad he played last year. Maybe the heat under his butt, Will help him because Cade Klublik, five-star yeah. recruit, comes in, and now he knows his job's on the line. You know, Georgia Tech is awful. Uh, I played their season one total under three and a half, Matt. So uh, I-, I would look to maybe have C. Clemson, you know, try to come out and, uh, you know, announce their presence with authority. Maybe a first-half look, it's thirteen. Uh, they could be up two touchdowns, easy yeah. at half.
0: Uh, that might be the way I would roll. This is, this is one favorite, I think. This is favorite or pass. A lot of times you say dog or pass. Yeah. I think this is favorite or pass because, like you said, the rambling wreck, they're going to be a wreck. They're going to be a train wreck. All right, man. And uh, Clemson, don't forget, opened the season last year and lost to Georgia 10-3. to Three points. And the only touchdown in that game was on an interception return by the Bulldogs, and Clemson opened last season 0-7 against the spread. I do think Dabo wants to get off to a much better start, so yeah, I'll go favorite or pass. And
1: once again, I think that island nature of the game, you know, he loses Brett Venables, he loses Tony Elliott, both of his offensive coordinators. He was criticized at least a little bit, not going outside, hiring from within, uh, so I think Dabo is going to try to prove a point And no, no one better to do it against than Georgia Tech on the road, national television there. I'll just rifle through these real quickly, and then we'll get a recap of our best bets. Games that I am intrigued by just off the radar, just to watch. South Dakota State at Iowa, uh, maybe a look-ahead spot for the Hawkeyes. That might be a best bet here. Arizona at San Diego State, the opening of the new stadium yeah. at San Diego State. Arizona's brought in some talent, so we'll see uh, how the Wildcats are. Army at Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell is back. Uh, you know, they, uh, Grayson McCall returns for another year. Army has a first-round pick on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. A game you mentioned, Memphis at Mississippi State. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about Mississippi State this year, and this is a revenge spot. And, of course, Matt, it wouldn't uh, do us justice. We'll always mention it. Hawaii, Western Kentucky, yeah. late-night get-back game. Western Kentucky also looked poor uh, in their opener against Austin P. eventually pulling away in that one. So there you have it. Uh, Let's take a recap of our best bets. I'll also add in Adam Burke, who co-hosts the Tuesday podcast with me here on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. We'll give his best bets. But Matt, your best bets for week
0: one, a recap. You know, a couple teams you mentioned there, I'm I'm interested to possibly play this week, but um, I'm not sure if I can get back on Hawaii. That was the biggest mistake I made last (laughs) week. Uh, but Hawaii's getting a lot of points at home. And Western Kentucky
1: did be, not look that impressive. Right. It's going to be tempting. That
0: touched 17
1: huh? earlier this week. That was know.
0: wild. Uh, Arizona's going to be tempting, even though that number's down from... You could have had 10 at one point. Now it's six here at Circa. Texas State uh, was catching five and a half on the opener at Nevada.
1: We talked about that last week. Uh, uh, I and I, I I took the five last week with Texas State. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I knew I knew what we were going to see from Nevada was going to be really bad. And it was. And I was almost happy they got that win and actually the cover of the closing number. Uh, Nevada's terrible. 78 passing yards against a, what, 130th ranked pass defense from the uh, previous year. They're awful. Uh, give me the bobs. All right. How many best
0: bets are we going to do on this show each week? You tell me, Matt. We'll keep we'll right. keep tabs. I'll, I'll count myself as three and one last week because I did have Northwestern. You had Northwestern. I did have uh, Connecticut.
1: Yep, I, I took that yeah. too, but didn't give it on the podcast. So, I,
0: no winner okay. on for me. I did lay the points with Illinois against uh, Wyoming. Man, right. but I, I lost with Hawaii. Yeah, so did uh, I. Well, fortunately, that only counts as one loss, even though you lose by 50. <laughs> uh, so, we'll go three and one. I'm going to go Tim Murray's fighting Irish plus 17 and a half. Uh, I've played a Boise State plus three and LSU minus three. All
1: right, there you go. Matt's rolling with some dogs. Uh, and uh, and one favorite in LSU, uh, Adam Burke. Uh, I'll get to his in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to roll with Matt. There's no number as of time recording. Uh, I'll just put it into the record. Anything north of two touchdowns, I'm taking South Dakota State okay. on the road at Iowa. Uh, the Jackrabbits, number two in the country in the FCS, Matt. And uh, Iowa, Week two, they play Iowa State. So I think there's going to be a little complacency close to the vest there. Uh, I'm rolling with the boys from Boone, Appalachian State on the money line. And then I did take Texas State uh, plus the five. I know that number's not available. So uh, I guess you know we'll see how that plays out. I do think they probably win that game outright. And uh, I'll throw one last one in there. I'll lay the 13 with Clemson in the first half. Against Georgia Tech, so current numbers I'll say App State money line, North uh, South Dakota State, anything north of two touchdowns if it comes available, and I will say Clemson minus thirteen in the first half. Uh, our colleague on this podcast, Adam Burke, is uh, is taking the points with Illinois on Friday night. He is also taking the points and uh, with Old Dominion on Friday night as well. I think that's a really good spot for the Monarchs hosting Virginia Tech. He is going with florida atlantic he was impressed by the owls and their opener willie taggart and company taking care of business he's going to lay the four with the owls against ohio and then his final best bet for the show matt he will be rolling with the middle tennessee blue raiders he's going to take the points with middle tennessee or lay the points excuse me with middle tennessee or sorry let's take the points (laughs) with middle tennessee there it is plus the six so there you go our best bets once again Please rate, review, and, of course, subscribe. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter at humans 247 I'm sure he'll be firing away this weekend, won't be able to help himself, and he'll be getting himself into some Hawaii madness late. We will have another podcast for you. Uh, the Jonathan Von Tobel College Lines Revealed Show will be in your feed on Sunday. But for Matt Humans, I'm Tim Murray. Have yourself a good old-fashioned week number one.